Can we hear the second clip we have of Kalen DeBoer? You're going to know why we're playing this right when you hear it, Theo. Right when you hear it. This is a word that I don't hear in any conversation, any vernacular, unless we're talking about sports. Here's Kalen DeBoer. Coach Saban's just done it for so long and uh, has it has it rolling. And, and as I've, you know, I would say, the, the cupboard's not bare. There it is. Hey, cupboard. We were talking about it yesterday because hey. you and Stone kept using cupboard over and over and over again to describe the Celtics roster. Cupboard, 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 full cupboard. Yeah. And nobody calls, at least my age, the place where you get your cups in a kitchen, the cupboard. It's a cabinet. But we use cupboard in sports all the time. Why? I don't understand that. Mm. Uh, on that note, we bring in a man who uh, you hear every single weekday. Morning, 6 to 10 a.m. here on ESPN 106.3. And uh, some of you just wake up to his smiling face every single day on the ESPN family of networks. It is Evan Cohen, part of Unsportsmanlike, 6 to 10 a.m. every single weekday here on ESPN 106.3 with Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman. And he joins us for his regular Thursday appearance. Uh, uh, Evan, cupboard, cupboard. Do you call that place where you get cups or mugs in your kitchen a cupboard? Cabinet. Yeah, it's a cabinet. Uh, why do cabinet. we continually go to cupboard in sports, though? I don't understand why that's the case. Kalen DeBoer just did it. Stone and Theo wouldn't stop saying the word for like 20 minutes yesterday. What do you mean just did it? What are we talking about? Kalen DeBoer is doing interviews right now? with Ma- McAfee's off. What, what, what are we talking about right now? I'm very confused by this. McAfee's been off for like three weeks. What I know. am I missing here? This was, this was from an appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, okay. All right. So, okay. I'm just confused by that. All right. Good. So, um, there are many of those terms, Ken. Like, think about, and I have to give Zach Lowe of ESPN NBA fame credit on this, because he said this a while ago, but now that you're saying this, it triggers a thought. When was the last time you used the word stave outside of stave off elimination? Yep. Yep. (laughs) I don't even know if stave is ever used. Ever, in uh, yeah. any way, shape, or form, except for that terminology, right? I, I've never used stave unless it is that. you're and, and ensuing, nobody says ensuing unless you're talking about kickoffs. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, I, this is going to sound weird now that you're walking me down this path. My wife and I were talking about play dates for my kids, mm-hmm. and I don't remember which kid it was. Um, my son's 10, my daughter's 7. One of them was having a play date, and I said to my wife, oh, we should do a home and home. And she's like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, what are you talking about? Meaning, we as sports fans uh-huh. know, like, one at our house, one at their house. <laughs> oh, right? Like, goodness. oh, a home and home. Uh-huh. Yeah, Theo, I mean, Theo, you say this now. Congratulations on the marriage and the wedding and oh, everything. You. you guys do you. But at some point, if you want little kids and God willing, okay, the, the road play date is vital. You gotta get the road play date. So when when they come over our house, I want the home and home. Uh, I that, want it at theirs. Hey, you know what? I I think though, depending on the size of the house, uh, the bigger house maybe they're trying to get a two for one in that spot. All right. Does that uh, fall I don't apart? Know how to respond no. to that one? No, uh, not good. No. Okay. okay. I thought. I thought. So maybe, here's the question. Thought maybe we were just going to continue on with uh, scheduling jokes. Okay. Uh, mm, well. The two for one, I was thinking more so basketball, like 30 seconds left in the in the quarter. Mm. But I'll, I'll go back mm. to that specifically, Evan. You're saying that you want to have the road play date. Is that because you don't have to clean up on the road? Oh, we had a situation the other day. Oh, my God. 
my kids are off this week for whatever cockamamie reason in school. <laughs> I don't understand. They have like two winters slash spring break. Weird. The other d- yeah, the other day, four kids here. Ooh. My son, two of his guy friends, one of his girlfriends. And, and I'm not kidding. It smelled so bad oh. in the room that they were playing in. Every light was on. It was a mess. I literally would pop out of my office to clean up and tell them to shush every two seconds. <laughs> I'm that guy. I am a neat freak as it is. I don't like when things are messy. When you have four 10-year-olds running around, oh. playing video games, eating pizza, it stunk. I was, it was a disaster. Let someone else clean that up. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. that is nasty business that's right there. Point. I don't know if you knew this, by the way, Evan, speaking of kids and the prospect of kids for Theo, I don't know if you know that uh, his bold prediction, Theo's bold prediction for the uh, the Super Bowl, and by the way, night one of his honeymoon in the Dominican Republic was Super Bowl Sunday. Ooh. We thought that was a curious scheduling move, uh, but his yep. bold prediction was uh, if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, be a little teddy. Nine months from now, TJ, uh, and I get—I cannot tell you how many people over the last two weeks have been asking me. Oh, yeah, here, l- listen to this. This is this is what Theo said because this is all anybody wants to ask me is what are the chances that Theo actually did call his shot? Here's here's this from Theo. You know what my bold prediction will really be? My bold prediction is that after the Chiefs win, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll likely be hearing about a TJ coming soon about. Eight and a half, nine months from now. Oh, How about that? <laughs> so that that was the bold prediction of Theo. That's all anybody wants to ask me about is, did Theo follow through? And I don't know how to respond to that. You don't. Yeah. And neither am I. That's the answer. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I ain't, I ain't commenting on that. <laughs> well, I did. Um, uh, <laughs> Evan Cohen, part of Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman, uh, 6 to 10 a.m. every single weekday here on ESPN 106.3. I, I wasn't watching when you guys were discussing this, Evan, but uh, I saw Brian McLovin Rowitz tweet about some hibachi slander oh, on the show today. God, what happened disaster. here? Disaster. Disaster. So... We do a segment every morning at 7.45, which people can hear on ESPN 106.3, called I'm Over It. Items um, that Pat Costello, our producer, comes up with, uh, like things he's over. It's very Ken Levicka-like mm-hmm. in many ways. I can so relate. Mad at, the, yeah. mad at the world about everything, right? I'm over And one of the things he said it was, I'm over high prices at fast food chains. And we said, like, isn't that actually supposed to be the most valuable meal you could have, right? You get more bang for your buck at, a, at any fast food chain than anywhere else. And I jumped in and I said, yes, but I'd also add hibachi because I love hibachi. I think the hibachi value of the soup and the salad and the rice and then the veggies and the protein and the show in front of you for let's call it, you know, between 23 and $30 per person is great value to which Pat then said, Hibachi stinks. Hibachi's <laughs> gross. And you always leave Hibachi hungry. I said, I don't know what planet you're on, but Hibachi is amazing. I would do it every night if it didn't make me so full that I couldn't breathe when I get home. <laughs> um, okay. So Hibachi doesn't stink. Uh, I find myself to be full like you, Evan, all the time after I go to hibachi. Here is where I do agree with the hibachi experience with with Pat, is that it makes me uncomfortable. 
And I feel like there's Why? a lot of, pr- I, I don't know. Like I don't, I, there's a lot of pressure for me to react to what's going on in front of me. And sometimes I don't feel like, ooh, ah, or like applause. I don't feel like doing that. Like, thanks for the show, but it, it's really kind of extra. That's I would almost prefer if I could order hibachi out and go pick it up, I would do that and enjoy all the perks of hibachi without having to be forced into reacting to the show in front of me. And then there's all the fire and there's the things and the oil. And like, I don't want all of that. Like, good knife skills. Outstanding flipping skills. Hey, that's a cool volcano. I don't need all that. I'm just there for the well, food, Evan. But okay, I understand what you're saying, but that's why you go with your wife and kids because what happens is the chef usually has their his or her head down cooking, obviously. Mm. But if your kids are there, they're not going to focus on you. They're going to focus on the kids. So in many ways, and you have no problem doing this, I know, having other people do your dirty work in life, <laughs> um, you have... You have your kids do the dirty work. They're the ones that have to engage with the chef. And when they're engaging with the chef, guess what you're doing? You're eating off of their plate too. So you're actually the value. We come right back to the value on this. I sent Stone the audio just now where if you want it, because we brawled about this this morning, and I guess McLovin obviously was listening during this time because I just don't understand how anyone could slander hibachi. There's a lot of food that you could go out there and slander. And I will say, I'll put a caveat on your, yours is not slander. No. As much as it is, is there an alternative that I could have? I've done hibachi pickup. It's still good food. But it's not the same. But it's not necessarily as good as if you have it in person. I'll give you one other thing. There's a hibachi place now that we go to near my house in New York where they give noodles in addition to the rice, in addition to the salad, in addition to the protein, that's a good ass. That's, yeah, that's pretty legit, actually. And you know what I I do like? The one thing I do like with the hibachi experience is when they flip the egg into the hat. That's good stuff right there. And if I could watch that over and over, I would, because that takes legitimate, excellent uh, talent. Evan Cohen. So now, you're, now you're back on hibachi. Yeah, right, yeah there's certain elements I'm okay with, but again, the inner, the constant interaction, like I just, and it, fire makes me uncomfortable. Like any open flame near me, I don't love it. I got to be honest. Well, with you. I, I understand. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. Oh, uh, I wanted to ask you, we've been talking about chip on shoulder. Did you know, by the way, the origin of chip on shoulder comes from the 19th century. It's an American term where people would literally walk around with chips of wood on their shoulder and say, hey, tough guy, come get it. Uh, and it became like a physical mano a mano type of challenge. I didn't know that until today. We learned something on this show, but we've been talking about chips on shoulder in sports, uh, and I think it's got to be something that you get defensive about, and then you'll fight it to the teeth about. And for me, that's college Football, group of five, disrespected. College basketball, mid-majors, always disrespected. My lifetime is MJ versus LeBron, but I don't feel that overly passionate about it anymore. So I've sort of just pushed that to the side. Where are you on this? I don't think you have a chip on your shoulder about the mid-majors. I think you have a bias. I think there's a total difference. I think because you're in the FAU world that you're in, that's more of a bias than a chip on a shoulder. And by the way, you have good reason for that bias. I'm not saying you shouldn't actually have that bias. The chip on the shoulder for me is the questioning of the heat culture. Like how many times they need to prove that it doesn't matter that you've never heard of the person who's playing. It doesn't matter that their seed is lower than you anticipated. They're still going to end up exactly where they say they're going to end up. 
Yep. That's my chip on shoulder. I think that's real good. Hey, we were talking about the Heat when people were questioning how many quarters they were winning uh-huh. in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. Uh, don't question it. There's, there's no question to be had. There is certainly a body of work that suggests that it's never ending. Uh, Evan, appreciate you. Excellent work as always. We'll do it again next Thursday, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hear tomorrow on ESPN 106.3. Thank you, everybody. Good luck with nine months from now, Theo. Appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> hey. you, man. That is Evan Cohen, unsportsmanlike, with uh, Chris Canty and Michelle Smallman, <laughs> 6 to 10 a.m. every weekday, right here on ESPN 106.3.